the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Amen. Praise the Lord. Avili Evramia. For those of you who don't speak gypsy, that means the time has come. It's time to praise the Lord. It's time to worship the Lord. And how are we going to do that tonight? Through prayer and through the reading of his word. God bless you and welcome. Sammy is out of town this week. I'm going to be your host tonight, Steve Mitchell. It's good to be back in the studio. Love when I get a chance to come down and be able to share the Word of God. Tonight, I'm going to be continuing the message that I was able to share last time. And the the last message that I shared was called The Ignorant Church. Not meant to be offensive, not meant to be hurtful, but as a matter of fact, for the situation of the church, to be ignorant means to have no knowledge of. Again, it's not meant to offend, but it's meant to wake up the church. And we're going to be continuing in part two tonight. And as I was praying before the program began, I was praying about the message and I I received the second part of the title. and, And the title is called, The Ignorant Church, Part 2, Be Ignorant No More. So get ready. Tonight we're going to be going into the Word. But before we do, there's usually a few people who like to call in. We are here for prayer. We're here to answer questions about the Bible. We'll do the best we can by the power of the Lord. If you want to call in tonight with questions or with prayer, please give a call, 888-995-5552. Again, that's 888-995-5552. We've already got some people on the line. We're going to go to line one with Mike. He has a question. Mike, God bless you. How you doing? Mike, give us a quick minute. 
There you go. Okay. Hi. God bless you. How you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Thanks. Good to hear. God I bless you. How can we help you? Okay. These people that say they have left their body and they've gone to heaven and then they come back, what do you think about that? What happens? They, they describe it and they go really in detail and everything. I've been listening to them online and it's incredible what they say has happened to them. And then when they come back, you know, it's just a, a different person now because they think that they went to heaven. Well, um, the Bible does tell us that he will give us visions. Um, we see that John experienced uh, an out-of-the-body experience where he actually went into heaven uh, and he gives a, a full account of it. Um, now, whether or not in spirit they actually went to heaven, I couldn't really tell you. But I do know this. Because I've experienced visions, um, I've experienced um, the feeling, the experience of, I know that I'm here on this earth, but my spirit, my mindset, and, and just how I feel in my spirit, I know that I'm not here. I'm actually in the presence of God. And I've experienced things where God has shown me, uh, like I said, visions, uh, he's told me things about uh, the future. Uh, he's used me to prophesy things that I could never know anything about. So I do believe that there is a possibility that someone might have experienced something along those lines that God had revealed to them. And to be completely honest with you, um, when I experienced the vision that I had, to be completely honest with you, it completely changed my life. Uh, it changed my Christianity. Just to give you a, a short version of it, um, I had walked away from the faith for a bit. And one night in a prayer meeting, uh, just myself and one other gentleman, uh, I got on my face and I began to pray. And the Lord showed me a vision of myself being the prodigal son and coming back to his arms. And after that night, things really changed in my life and in my Christianity. So, you know, I, I do believe that it's possible to experience something like that. Yeah, I guess, you know, it, he does use people like you to come back and tell everybody else, this is what happened, so maybe, you know, other people will come to the Lord, I guess, in a way, huh? Amen, amen. You know, uh, there's something, if you stay tuned tonight, um, there's something that I experienced, and it wasn't, you know, this whole big thing with uh, visions or bright light. It was literally just spending time in the Word of God and spending time in prayer and seeking Him. And He led me to the book of Malachi. And in the book of Malachi, He talks about um, basically the temple not being run properly. The people are not doing right. And He gave me a word that said, there's coming a time where I'm going to tear down everything, meaning the churches, that doesn't stand on my foundation. And, you know, the people that were with me in the study said, how is he going to do this? And I said, I'm not exactly sure. But he told me that he is starting to do something. And we saw every door in America to the churches shut down. And I believe that the Lord allowed it for a reason, for us to refocus on who he is and the relationship that we have with him. And that has literally become my ministry. Um, if you ever get a chance to hear me speak... I'll probably be saying a few things that you've heard me say before because this is what God has literally burned into my soul 
the importance of restoring true and right relationship against religion. And that comes from a direct connection with the Lord. Well, thanks for your insight, and I'll stay tuned. Thank God you. bless you. Have a good night. Let me, let me pray with you real quick, Mike. Lord, okay. we thank you for the availability of communication with you. We thank you, Lord, that you do speak to us. Your voice is alive. You are alive, and you desire to speak to your people, to those who will focus and listen and tune in to you. And, Lord, you give us such a great gift of hearing your voice, of receiving visions, of having experiences. And we thank you for that. And we ask that you would continue to do this for your people and rise up people who will speak on your behalf to speak the truth, to speak relationship, to speak the experience that you give them, Father, and that it would bear fruit in our lives. I pray for Mike in his life, Lord, in his walk, that you would bless him, give him insight and understanding, Father, and lead him on your path. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks. Thanks a lot. God bless you. Good night. You too. Amen. We're going to go to the next line, Terry, for some prayer. Terry, God bless you. Hello. Hello. You're on air. Yes, I'm calling. I'm calling for prayer. I have seven family members that passed away within this month uh, of the COVID. Do you want me to say their name or just we'll pray for them? Um, It's it's Um, up to you. Well, her name is Juanita, Katie, Gloria, Barbara, Patricia, and Eddie, and Adolfo. And then for me, that I need prayer because we just got to make victim notice. The people sold the house without us knowing, and they're giving us three weeks. Okay. And we're hoping that they have some kind of heart and let us stay at least to the end of the year so we could find something with this COVID. Nobody is letting us uh, put in uh, to look at these places. And then for my granddaughter... She got bit by a mosquito, and her eye is so puffy. It was like somebody's doctor in the eye. Okay. Well, let's pray. And thank you. Father, we thank you, first of all. Lord, I know what it's like to lose a few people from COVID. And I know that it hurts. But I also know that you give comfort, Father. And that those who believe in you, we know that they are in your presence. And that gives us strength. But, Lord, there are days that feel so tough. And it's only you who give that comfort, Father. It's only knowing your presence. It's only knowing that they are in your presence. And I pray the same right now. I pray that you would pour down the comfort and mercy that only comes from your spirit. Like your word says, it's a peace that the world cannot understand on so many levels, Lord. Father, we ask that you would pour down. And we thank you for your love and mercy. Father, the provision of a house. I've been in that position as well. I pray, Lord, that your will would be done, Father. And I know that those who trust in you, that as Terry trusts in you, Father, that you will provide the blessing that is needed, whether it be to stay or whether it be a new place. It is all in your hands, and we ask that you would provide all that is needed. Father, that you would provide the favor, the availability, the finances, all that is needed, that it would be done in your name and for your glory. And, Father, we pray for that mosquito bite. We pray, Father, your healing upon her eye. 
your healing upon her body. Bring it to whole, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Not a problem. God bless you and good night. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Amen. If you want to call in, if you have a question, if you have a, a prayer that's needed, please give a call. 1-888-995-5552. And we will pray with you. We'll try and answer any question that you have. And along later on in the night, if uh, if there's something that you want to speak about on the study, please give a call. We welcome it. We're going to go back to the phones next to Jeremiah. Jeremiah, God bless you. How are you tonight? Hey, how you doing? God bless you in the mighty name of Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. God bless you, too. Uh, I wanted to ask you a question, brother. Okay, when you said that God's going to tear churches down, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know if I believe that because how could God do that? They're his houses, but I know if they're not serving him, you know what I mean? Um, I'm going to take you back to the first temple um, in the book yeah, of Chronicles. Have scripture because we got to back this up by scripture. Yes, sir. I, I don't have the exact scripture with me, but if you read the book of Chronicles, um, there's a time where um, the people of God had gone so far away from what God wanted that he sent a king named Nebuchadnezzar. Oh, yeah, I think I know about that. And it's a very, very famous story. Um, and the Lord sent prophets to tell the people of Israel, I want you to go along with this because you've done so wrong in front of me that I have to correct you. You see, God's not doing it because he wants to make his people suffer. He's allowing things to happen because his people need to be corrected. His people need to take a step back and understand now, when it comes to the first temple, uh, if you read in the book of Chronicles, when Solomon built the temple, the Lord said, my name will be in this place forever. And God is not a liar. But he gave a condition. He said, if you follow my decrees, if you walk in my ways, if you are obedient to me, my name will be here forever. Meaning God wanted the temple to stand forever so that his people can come and meet with him, at least until the time of Jesus. And what ends up happening is they came and God allowed it. God actually calls Nebuchadnezzar, who is not uh, a godly person, who is actually what they call a heathen, someone who does not know God, does not serve God. And God says, my servant, Nebuchadnezzar, he called an ungodly person, my servant, because he caused Nebuchadnezzar to come and completely destroy and tear down the temple of God. I don't know why would he allow that. Because here's what happened. Uh, the people of God basically stopped listening to God, and they believed that, well, we've got the temple. It's okay. God's not going to destroy us because we've got the temple. And the temple became more important to them than God. And something that I've been talking about on my Instagram is the fact that the church became more of a focus to us than God. Uh, I'm someone who grew up in church, um, and I served in the church, and the church was more of my focus, getting things done for the church, making sure everything ran smooth, being there every time that something was needed. That was more important to me than actually knowing 
who the God that I was supposedly serving was. And the Lord well, sent... I know this, you know, he's a jealous God. I know that one of the... Amen to that. Us, Amen know? to that. Um, the, the idea is that I grew up not knowing what a real relationship with God is. And he allowed me to go through some things in order to shake me out of that, in order to show me. And in Malachi, Bali, God says, I'm going to do something so outrageous that you're going to know that it was me. You're going to know and you can't deny that it was me who did this. But the point is so that our relationship can go forward. And when I read I that, go, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, when I read that and I prayed on it and I sought the Lord on it, and God gave me that word that he's going to be doing something um, so outrageous in our days. Because, again, the church is not focused on God. The people of the church are not focused on the relationship, their personal relationship with God. We have the routine of the church, and that's good enough for us. So God said, I'm going to do something crazy. But it's, first of all, so that you know it could only be done by my hand. Jeremiah, I don't believe that anyone, including the devil, is powerful enough in this world to shut every door to every church. This is something that could only happen if God allowed it, not well, because he wanted it. Wanna, well, okay, well, when you're done, let me know because I want to say something. Yeah, definitely, something. definitely. Uh, I'll finish up with this. It's not because he wants to torture his children. It's because sometimes children need correction. Yeah, I know. And this is the way of it. Every door to every church was closed for this reason, so that we would be alone and figure out, hey, I got to build up my relationship with God. I can't turn and go to the pastor right now. I can't turn and go to church to worship with music. I can't do all of these things that I normally do. So I've got to see what's going on between me and God because God said, I want a personal one-on-one -on -one relationship with you. Not you through the pastor, not you through the choir, not you through anybody else, but one-on-one, -on -one, me and you. And then everything else gets to be a bonus. Go ahead. Okay, well, this is what I'm going to say, okay? I don't think God allowed this COVID-19. You know, nothing catches God by, you know, uh, nothing touch, catches them off guard. I'll put it like that. Absolutely but not. I believe this COVID-19 is from the devil. It's not from God. God doesn't kill people. God is a wonderful God, a merciful God. God does God cannot get involved with evil. God cannot get involved with demonic stuff. But I believe God didn't want to close the church. I think the people made a decision. And, some, and you know, God is not in control of people's decisions. Because you know why? Because God doesn't even control when people can be most out of their mouths and those. So you know what? Gavin and Newton did that. He closed down the churches. God didn't want no churches closed down. But yes, I agree with you. You must have a personal relationship with God. You must read your word. You must worship him. Because also I hear his voice too and I talk to him and I have a relationship with him. But God doesn't want his church alone because God said, my house is a house of prayer. Amen. So but when it doesn't become, when it's no longer the house of prayer, um, 
not that he did. See, there's. Uh, I'm very specific when yeah, I say this. To allow. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, let me. Okay, let me ask you one thing, Steve. We have the shit. Don't we have free will in our life too? He did give us free will, right? Yes. So right now, let's say you came to preach, right? Tonight, God couldn't force you. We have free will, like, like, uh, like uh, Abraham too. You know, when Sarah told him, "Okay, go to my maid and at least have a family." He didn't have to do it. You see, we have free will in our life. So go ahead. Okay. Um, do you know the story of Jonah? Yeah, I think, yeah, I know. Jonah was a prophet, <clears throat> and he complained, and he ran, and then he was in the shark's mouth, and the fish's mouth, or the, for three days. But he was really dead, but God gave him another chance. Do you know when he gave God, when God gave him another chance? When he yeah, finally said, okay, Lord, I'll do it. You see, he had the free will. He had the absolute free will. And God let him run the other way, and God let him get on the boat. But God also allowed a storm that got him thrown over that by the mercy of God, God sent a fish to swallow him up and give him a little more time for him to finally say, okay, guess what? I'll do what you ask, Lord. Because his free will, the same way our free will, can get us into trouble and God will do things, put things in our way, try to bring us back. But the further we get away from it, the further we get away from God's will, the more danger and problems we're in. Yeah, but I, yeah, I agree with you. But you know what? God already knew who was going to believe in him and who was going to receive his son. He already knew all this. Amen. Amen. I, I, I absolutely knew. believe but that, you too. You know what? Let me tell you one thing. If we're going to say we're perfect and we, know what, and we have no sin in our life, that's a lie. Because that means that we're calling God's word a liar. Because... Listen, we're all sinners, but we are saved by the grace of God. But now we are the righteousness to Yeshua HaMashiach, the Messiah. Amen. Amen. I but do I not disagree with you there. Listen, I understand. I know. Listen, how could I say? You know, God will get your attention and God will do some. But I believe God doesn't want to punish his kids. But I believe sometimes, yeah, he'll teach you a lesson. That's the thing, Jeremiah. Uh, again, it's not to say that God does evil, and it's not to say, and, and I, I think I, I, I don't continue to go, Sobeys, to try and prove a point with you. I want you to understand, I, I, I'm seeing it the same way you are, that God is not an evil God. God does not do evil. But there are things in the world that happen because we're in a fallen world. People ask, if God is so good, then why does he allow children to get sick? and people to die. Well, here's the thing. That free will that we have caused sickness in the world, and God didn't want it there. But because we have that free will, bad things happen in the world because we sinned. And well, here... I know one thing. I know one thing. If they believe in God, then God will save them. But also, too, when it's your time, it's your time. Because the Bible says there's a time to die, and there's a time to reap, and so on. There's a time to mourn, and there's a time to be happy. Absolutely. But until that time, God will do everything he can to get you in right relationship with him. Yeah. He'll try and, and get you to see that your free will. You don't listen. You get set up too. There, there's the thing. God, God is a jealous God, like you said. But he's a loving and caring God. And the Bible says that 
we know that God works in every situation. He works in every situation, even when it's yeah, a bad if situation. Love thing, if you love that thing, like let's say if you got a fancy car, right? And if you love that car more of him, more of him, he'll take it away from you. It can happen. It can absolutely happen. And, he will, and, when he, and you know what? He could take things away from you. That's the truth. It, it absolutely is. There are things that, like I said, not that God does, but that God allows to happen because, yeah, because it needs to happen. Because he, he said, I don't said no idols before me. But let me tell you, this is what I'm going to say, and then after that I, I need some prayer, but I'll, have, I'll be specific. God already knew who was going to believe in his son, and God already knew who's going to be in his kingdom, and God already knew who's going to love him and who's going to be for him. Amen. So, Amen. And everybody's got to say, well, look, let me tell you, yesterday I went in the store, I'll tell you real quick, I don't want to take much time up. The guy Joe said, I'm an atheist. And then I said, why are you an atheist, sir? Oh, I can't believe in God. Uh, God killed kids. Because remember that sto story about Elijah? The kids made fun of him, and then Elijah brought the bear to whatever he brought in. Mm -hmm. And he thought God did it. I said, no, God didn't do that. God is not a, uh, an evil God like that. And I told him, and then God told me he loves him, and God is waiting for him with open arms. Well, Amen. And he is. But I know God is a merciful God, but I agree with you. But there's also, too, let me ask you. Let me ask you one quick question, and then after that, I'm going to have you pray. Go for Do it. you think this COVID-19 is a prophecy of the Bible? Do you think this is a wake-up call? I do think it's a wake-up call. I don't think it's a prophecy in the Bible. Um, if you want me to be completely honest with you, I don't well, believe I it's that it's the, the mark of the beast. But what I do believe it is, is a, a precursor. This is something to wake us up and say, look, the time is near. And I actually received a word from God uh, a few months ago that said, tell them to prepare for the kingdom of God is near. So I believe this is just another step. The Bible says, uh, Lord, when will you come back? And he says, recognize the seasons. Look what's going on. If you look around the world, Jeremiah, forget about the COVID. Just the world in itself. You see so many things that are happening. The corruptness the evilness that is going on, what people say is good when the Bible says it's bad. No, we can see that. Well, let me ask you something, but do you think Yeshua is coming back soon? Like, do you think, I know the time is soon, but do you think like he's going to return in the next two years, but nobody knows the time of day? That's the thing. I'm not sure, but I'll tell you this much. I sure want my relationship and my life to be ready like he's coming back tonight. And for Christians... Uh, a lot of people say uh, God's returning and it, it's scary. For us, it's not supposed to be scary. It's supposed to be, one, a point of rejoicing because God is coming after us to take us home. And two, it's yeah, supposed you know to what? be a Look, call. I'm not afraid because I know where I'm going to go, but I feel bad for the people who's going to be stuck there. Okay, that's the second point. Then start doing the work of God. Start doing oh, the I things do. that do God has told you to I do. do. I, I go and evangelize, I preach, I tell the people... But if they don't listen, what could you do? The Bible says the the farmer throws the seed, and night and day he doesn't know how it grows. But it does. The Lord causes it to grow. It's not for us well, to know whether they receive or not. You keep planting the seeds that God tells you to, and God will cause them to grow in the right time. Yeah, I understand. 
So let me ask you a question. You said you hear from him, right? Yes, How sir. Do you, hear, do you hear from him in the spirit, or do you hear him in an audio voice like you're hearing me? Uh, no, I hear him in the spirit. Um, I Actually, that's one of the things I'm going to be talking about in these next few weeks when I get a chance well, to get to the study. Should I hear him in an audio voice? Uh, some people do. Um, and uh, to be completely honest with you, I don't remember if it's ever specifically been an audible voice, but usually it's through the word because well, you know what I mean like an audio like yeah. you could hear him directly yeah. and hear him talking you know because let me tell you why the Holy Spirit has got a different voice it's soft that's why and and he you know? speaks through the word that is within us the Bible says that the yeah, spirit but, will bring to remembrance also, but let me tell you I, I okay let me tell you okay this is the way I'm gonna I had encounters with the Almighty and with Yeshua in my mind and they talked to me the Father talks to me, and then the Son talks to me. That's the way my relationship is. Amen. Like, Continue to seek the, the Lord. Father. Continue to be sensitive. And more importantly, whatever he tells you, do. Let me ask you, but do you ever hear from both of them, the Father and the Son? Uh, to be honest with you, um, I just see it as God, as more than likely as the Spirit. Um when uh when i received something um there was one message that i believe was from directly from uh, i guess you might say god the father uh, but honestly i i don't differentiate from it it's just um i i see them as one and well, as i receive way, it okay this is the way i was putting it okay god the father has got his own voice and yeshua has a different voice their, their voices are different and then the holy spirit is different their word Okay, the Holy Spirit's voice is different, and Jehovah, Jehovah's voice is loud, and Yeshua's voice is different. That's what I meant. Mm -hmm. uh, but not everybody. Can... Oh, sorry. I, I uh, to be honest with you, I don't know if I've ever really realized the difference because I'm basically so uh, I don't want to say freaked out, but you know so focused on just listening to him. Because you know why. Look, it's a good thing. You could hear from God and he's talking to you. Amen. So it doesn't matter. Amen. But I agree with you. Okay, well, I wanted to, uh, you know, if you could, uh, you said you prophesied, right? You're a prophet too, right? Uh, the Lord has used me for that before, yes. Okay, well, wanted you to prophesy, but that's, if you get a word, if not, it's okay. Wanted you to prophesy because I've been praying a long time for me to get married. Now, he did say, he did say he is going to give me my wife. But he said, but he said, I could give it to you today, but he said, you're not ready. you got to get a water cut and all that. And he said, you must do it, and you must have divine authority in your life. Because I've been asking him a long time for a wife. But see, I don't got any patience. Okay, I'm getting impatient. I told him, what's taking you so long? <laughs> and he told me, he said, look, it, it's not me taking, it's you. He said, I don't have, he said, I don't have to be ready for anything. you got to be ready. Absolutely, Deke. I told the boys this. I told the boys this, I, I the, boys this uh, the other night, Pinov. If there's something God is trying to teach you, and He's allowing some lessons in your life to learn, let's say patience, but you don't learn, then He's just gonna have to keep teaching you until you get it. And Deke, you are experiencing it. He, he's teaching yeah, you patience. Yeah. That He told me today. He said, "All right, I could bring her, but He said you're not ready. Hey? I could cut." Hey? No, but he said, I am going to give him your wife. He said, I am. It is my will. Because if he, he said, this is what he told me today. He said, if I said no, then it would have been no. 
Well, my my advice is work on that patience and keep praying and follow what God says. We've been talking like did he like did he share a word about me? Did he tell you anything in the church? Uh, no, not yet. But I'll tell you what. I'll begin to pray. Um, and if I do receive something tonight, I'll definitely say it on air. And if I receive something outside of the radio station, I'll let Sammy know to let you know uh, that the Lord has said something. All right. Well, was there any way you could prophesy on me now and for me to get married? Because I wanted you to pray for God to set an end to my single life and for God to bless me with a place in Hollywood. I can and, definitely uh, pray for you. Um, as far as the prophesying goes, that comes as the Lord gives it. All right, I understand. I understand. Well, I mean, yeah, well, I mean, Arden, I guess coming to agreement. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you, Father. First of all, we thank you because your love and mercies are so great and awesome. Father, you have designed our lives. You have a plan and a purpose for our lives, Modell. And my prayer for Jeremiah is that he would walk in that plan and purpose. Devla, you have everything aligned for him. But you told him there is patience that is needed. I pray, Mugodel, increase him, teach him, show him how to increase in patience, Mugodel. It is one of the fruit of your spirit, Father. Devla, I pray that you would guide him in his life to walk only in your will and in your purpose. And Mugodel, as he does that, that he will find every blessing that he needs from your hand. And Father, I pray that you would if not through me, through someone around him, Father, that you would speak to him. His, his question, his request, Mugodel, is that you would speak over his life. And I pray that you do speak over his life, Father, that you would guide him and direct him in all things, Father. And Lord, we pray for the message of tonight. Devla, for it not to be seen as, as an offensive word, Mugodel, as it not to be seen, Mugodel, as a problem, Father, but that there is a solution, Father. Devla, we pray your provision, your hope, your strength, your direction. And Lord, he desires what you have planned for him, Father, for a partner. We pray provided in Jesus' name. Amen. Jeremiah, I think we lost you, but God bless you. Good night, and I will continue to pray for you. We got one more call. If you want to call in, give a call at 888 995 Five 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 two, Vicky, go ahead. You're on air. Hi, Pastor. Um, I do want to share something with you, and then I have a prayer request. Um, I, I found something very interesting that um, the word COVID in the Hebrew and Greek means um, angel of the bottomless pit. And if you go to Revelation, it says Satan is the angel of the bottomless pit, and his name is Abaddon. Um, and so what I was going to say in regard to tonight, that, yeah, all Jesus warned us that all these plagues and things would come about before his coming, and he warned us of that, that, you know, before his second coming, we'd see all of these things, you know, and in our generation, we're seeing it, yeah. Absolutely. And, I, I truly believe it's a wake-up call. Yeah, I believe it, too. It's a wake-up call, yeah, like what you said about the churches and stuff, um, that, yeah, that we would focus on our relationship with him and not be so focused on you know, being busy all the time, you know? Amen. Amen. Sometimes even being too busy with the church causes a bit of a problem because we, we lose focus of who we're supposed to be worshiping because we're too busy working. It, it's kind of a Mary Martha type situation. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, what can I help That's you with right. in prayer? 
Okay, I wanted to come into agreement for my pastor, uh, my um, pastor's wife, Maria. She had a foot surgery, and I just want to come into agreement. It's kind of been a slow healing, and she was in some pretty much major pain, and just that she'd be able to sleep at night, and that foot would heal properly for her, uh, you know, since she had the surgery. Amen, and her name is Maria? Mm-hmm, yeah. Amen. Father, we come before you in agreement right now. We lift up Maria, Father, and we pray that you would heal her body. Father, we saw in your word how you caused the lame to walk. You caused the blind to see. The woman suffering with the bleeding, after 12 years of trying everything, you were able to heal it with one touch. Father, we pray that that same one touch would reach out to Maria and that you would heal her foot quickly, Father, that you would remove all pain and that you would bring complete healing to her body once again. We ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. And Father, since we're praying about healing and and we've spoken about COVID, we pray for all of those who are dealing with COVID right now. We pray, Father, for you to bring healing upon your people, restoration upon your people, Father, and not only in the physical, but also in the spiritual, we ask in Jesus' name. I pray your blessing upon Vicki. For caring for others, Father, I pray that you would pour down upon her blessings upon blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you. God bless I you. I really appreciate that. God bless you, too. Good night. Amen. Praise the Lord. One last time, if you have any questions, if you have any prayers, give a call, 888-995-5552. We've only got about... Uh, 13, 15 minutes left. Um, So I'll try and get into the study as quickly as I can. I know we're not going to get through it all, but um, I invite you to listen. I invite you to pray with me. And as I said with Jeremiah, um, what I'm speaking about tonight is not me blaming God for causing all the problems in the world, but we see that God allows things to happen sometimes in order to restore right relationship with his people so that his people can see. Um, In in the book of uh, Chronicles, we see that the temple is destroyed and God's very own people were carried off into captivity. But that wasn't because God didn't like them or, or wanted to cause them pain but it's because they needed correction. They needed to fix things in order to get right with God and get on the right path with God. And he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And though he loves us like we could never understand, there are things that are allowed in order to correct us. We want to go back to the lines real quick. Uh, Jacqueline needs prayer. Jacqueline, God bless you. You're on air. Hi. Hello. Can you hear me? I can. Hi. God bless you. God bless you, too. Hi. I just need a prayer. Um, I've been thinking a lot about the fruits of the Spirit and in the work that I, um, in my work field, there's a lot of mental health, and I just see how much the um, the fruits of the Spirit are so beneficial to, to mental health, and I just I really want them for my life, so I just wanted to see if you could pray for me 
regarding that. Amen. Father, we just run before you. And what an awesome thing that Jacqueline is looking for, Father. She's not looking for worldly things. She's not looking for financial things. She's looking to enrich her life in the things of God. Father, she's looking to enrich her life in the, the fruits of the Spirit. And Father, your word says that these are the things that spring up when someone is planted in you, when someone is watered in your word, when someone is seeking you, Father, and desiring to know you more, that the Spirit begins to produce these kinds of fruit. Father, I pray that you would give her revelation, understanding, insight into this fruit, and Father, that you would begin to develop it in her life that you would show her how to develop it in her life and that it would grow. And not only that it would be beneficial to her, but Father, the fruit of a tree is shared with others. The fruit of the tree is used to plant and grow others. So I pray the same in her life, Lord, that you would begin to produce fruit, which produces seed, which produces fruit 30, 60, and 100 times over. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Not a problem. Good night and God bless you. Bless you too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Getting into the study. Father, we thank you for this night. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you because your word is alive. Written so long ago, but so applicable to today. So much insight and understanding for today, Father. Your word is alive, your word is true, and we ask that you would give us in-depth understanding tonight. Father, I pray that you would speak tonight, not word and word from me, but let your spirit completely take control. And I pray, Lord, plant a seed tonight that bears fruit in the heart of someone listening. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, the last time I was here, I was able to share a message called The Ignorant Church. Ignorance is not a, a put-down. It's not meant to hurt or anger anybody. But ignorant means a lack of knowledge or awareness. The Webster's Dictionary calls it destitute of knowledge, lacking something that is needed. Suffering extreme poverty. The Word of God says that my people perish for a lack of knowledge. The Bible also says where there is no vision, there is no understanding. When the Bible says my people perish for a lack of knowledge, that knowledge that he's speaking of is not brain smarts, it's not book smarts, it's not gaining knowledge for the sake of knowledge. That knowledge is the knowledge of who God is, the knowledge of what God wants, the knowledge that is intimate with the Lord, which causes you to change. In Revelations chapter 3, the Lord is speaking to the church in Laodicea, and he says, you think that you are rich, but you are poor. And he wasn't talking about their finances because the city of Laodicea was actually a very wealthy city. What he was talking about is they are poor in the knowledge of who God is. And this is a big 
thing because the word Laodicea, the letter was written to the church of Laodicea in Revelations 3. And Laodicea, the root word of it, means the people characteristically of God, God's chosen people. So by their character, their name means that by their actions, by their attitude, by their speech, by their character, who they are, they are known as God's people. But what God tells them is, you're not right before me. You think that you're rich, but you are poor because you're lacking in relationship with me. This was the usual term for the people of God. And here, the people who have the label of the name of God, which is kind of where I'm pointing to today because we're labeled as Christians. And the Lord has sent a message that maybe we think that we're rich, but we're poor because my people perish for a lack of knowledge. And you might say, this is not for me. This is, well, here's the thing. The whole point of telling you what Laodicea means and that it means the people of God is that this letter was written directly to them. So this message was to the people of God the same way that this message, the ignorant church, is to the people of God, Christians. In the book of Malachi, we have um, the explanation of what's going on in the temple of God, that the priests are not doing right, their sacrifices are not right, the people are not doing right. Uh, one major scripture that everybody knows from Malachi is Malachi 3.10, bring into the storehouse all of the tithes that there might be enough food in my house and see if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out so much blessings that you won't have where to receive it. But the scripture before that says, you are stealing from me. This is God talking, saying, you're stealing from me. Bring into the storehouse all of the tithes. You see, the whole book of Malachi explains that the heart of the people was not correct before the Lord. And they were offering to God things they would not offer to their own governors, their own the, the, the earthly people above them. They would not offer these sacrifices, but they were offering them to God. And God is saying, this is where the church is today. Because the sacrifices that we give to the Lord, what are they? Do we sacrifice to the Lord? Do we know how to sacrifice to the Lord, to worship the Lord? A word he gave me was about music worship because we've become so dependent on it. It's the only thing we know on how to worship God. But what we don't understand is that music worship is only a part of worship. It's only one form of worship. Obedience, reading of the word, ministering to others, witnessing to others. The way that you live your life and speak and deal with other people. This is all worship unto God. Giving of your time to study and reading of the word. This is worship to God. And this is what God wants to get back to. In John 15.8, and I, I know I'm going fast and I apologize but we literally only have a few more minutes, and I'd like to try and get to um, uh, at least one point to end. Uh, John fifteen eight says, They praise me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Hosea 4, 6 is the one that says, They perish for a lack of knowledge. But I want you to see 
in Proverbs. Let me turn to it really quick. In Proverbs 23, 12, if you can, please turn with me to it. And, uh, you know, just a suggestion. Anytime you listen to the, the, uh, the radio station, pull out your Bible and read along with us because there are things that God can reveal to you in his word that he hasn't revealed to us, and it could take a two-second reading of the same scripture that we're reading. So 23.12 says, Commit yourself to instruction and listen carefully to the words of knowledge. That is the Bible, the word of God. This is the answer to the problems that we're in right now, that the church is in. If we will commit ourselves to instruction and listen carefully, if we will apply this to our hearts and open our ears. In Psalms 119, the Bible says, How can a young man keep his way pure? His way pure. By knowing the Word of God. Psalm 119, I believe it's 12 or 11, says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. We need to get back to the importance of the Word of God, the one-on-one relationship with God. In seeing the destruction of the temple, in seeing um, what happens throughout the Word, and in going through the book of Malachi first, I saw that things were not right in the temple. And I decided to see, well, when the temple was torn down, It was Nehemiah and Ezra who spoke about how to rebuild the temple. And so I wanted to see what the steps... God already showed me through Malachi what was about to happen with the the church. Well, let's see what God has to say about rebuilding the church. And so I started in the book of Ezra. And the very first thing that they do, they, they are in captivity, the Jews are in captivity, And God prophesied many years ahead of time that a man named Cyrus will build my temple. It comes the time that uh, the King Cyrus defeats King Nebuchadnezzar and all of Babylon, which was the strongest um, uh, people at the time. And Persia comes in and destroys Babylon and takes over Babylon And it says in the very first year of Cyrus the king, the first thing he does is what God said he would do. And he sends the people of God back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple of God. This is a pagan man. This is unheard of. This is something that God said would happen in a time where it does not look like anything like this is possible. So God sends them back to Jerusalem, and Cyrus puts out a decree that says, whoever is willing to, the people of God, go back and rebuild the temple. And so it takes a while for them to get back to Jerusalem. It's a long travel. They've got a lot of things going. They've got to get supplies. But the very first thing that they do is they rebuild the altar of God and begin to sacrifice to God. And the Lord kind of shut, he just put a light on in my brain that said, there you go. 
the first step to rebuilding the temple, to the people of God becoming the true people of God again. The first step, and when I say the temple, I don't mean the building. I mean us, the temple. The Bible says, do you not know that you are the very temple of the living God? And because we are the temple of the living God, then the things that went on in the temple should continue in our lives. There was the sacrifice. There was the washing by the word. There was fellowship. There was prayer. There was the light. And then there was the very presence of God. These are all things that we can now have within ourselves because we are the temple of God. But there is a very specific way that God said that they need to do these things in order to access the presence of God. And the first thing is the sacrifice. I don't have very much time, so I want to break this down as much as I can because the church has a lot of cliches that we say and we've grown up with them and we don't understand them fully because they aren't broken down to make them truly understandable. It is time to build the altar of God back in our lives and to begin to sacrifice. What does this mean? This means it's time to make up our minds to give of ourselves to the Lord, to begin to pray and seek him like never before. What is the thing you're going to sacrifice? You're not going to sacrifice an animal like they did in the Old Testament. You're going to sacrifice of yourself, of your mental time, of your physical time, of your own desires, of your own plans, of your own purpose. And you are going to give them up to the Lord and you are going to begin to seek and pray and read to see what does God want from me? Where does God want me to sacrifice in my life? If, if you're a, a big TV watcher, maybe it's time to give up a little bit time of that. If you're a gamer, maybe it's time to give up some of that and begin reading the Word of God. If you just like to keep yourself busy and do anything else other than read the Word of God rather than focus on who God is, then maybe that's a good place to start. If you don't have the time or the desire to pray, the things that you don't want to do that are godly, that's where you begin to sacrifice your flesh. You begin to give up of yourself and you begin to seek the Lord and you start praying and seeking the will and the plan of God. When I call for sacrifice... I mean sacrifice your own desires. Give of yourself to God. This is the first step in rebuilding the temple. This is the first step in correcting all the things that are wrong. This is the first step that God calls us to do. It involves the sacrifice. The only way that we are able to come to God is because there was a sacrifice, the sacrifice of the Son. And I wanted to get into John 3.16 tonight. The phone calls went a little bit long, and I do apologize. We're coming to a close, but I want to talk about John 3.16 real quick. Maybe I can do it next time. But I really went in depth with it. And there's something that, that's there. Everybody knows the scripture, for God so loved the world. But there's a little word right before that in the interlinear Bible. That's the Greek in the Hebrew Bible. It's thus. Thus, for God so loved the world. 
That word thus means a demonstration like has never been seen before. Such an extraordinary sight. The love that God displayed, the love that God showed for us is a love like we've never seen before. We have never understood and we will never fully understood, understand. But what I'm telling you tonight is that God loves you with a love that you could never fully understand. And Romans says, in light of all that God has done for you, I plead with you, I beg you, make yourselves a living sacrifice. Give yourselves up to God. For this is your form of worship. This is your reasonable form of worship. God is calling us to give ourselves up. That the things that we care about, let's start caring about who God is and who we are in God, more importantly. Let that be the true things that we desire because that's what's important. That's what matters. The love that God has for you should cause you to want to love God back and cause you to do things for the love of God. John 3.16 is the start. Begin to read it. I know you might know it. But read it and study it because there's a lot more there than we just hear. But the point of it is, the love of God was so great that he sent his one, the only one. There is no one like him. He sent him to die on the cross for you. It didn't matter if no one else in the world accepted Jesus except you. He still would have done it. When he was on that cross, you were on his mind. Now let your life reflect that. We're out of time for tonight. I want to thank you for being here with us. Father, I pray that this word, even though we didn't get to get into it, really, Father, that it would plant a seed, at least, Father, to look into your word of John 3.16, to look into your love, and that it would affect us, that it would change us, Father, that it would make us who you want us to be. I pray your blessings upon all that heard tonight. I pray, Mugodel, that you would pour out upon them your love, your mercy, your grace, your hope, your strength, and that you would use them for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here tonight. Good night. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.